0: as you open your Bible I'm just like say a few things to all of you I see here like on the fourth row someone that has been a while that I have seen Jessica she's visiting us uh, no she's living here in Canada right Jessica uh, we, we I know her from from Brazil from the same church in Brazil I have heard that she got married recently and she's here visiting us on the fourth row. She's a very good friend of Raven Jenny Mason as well. Welcome! So good to see all of you here. Uh, yeah, put your hands together for all of them. That's wonderful. Also, uh, my brother-in-law and his wife—they're visiting us from Brazil here. Uh, they're over there in the back. Pedro and Amanda, raise your hand, Pedro. This is Pedro. Yes, I know he's—he's he's not Mexican. I know like about the name, like oh, is he Latin? No, he's Brazilian. Pedro and, and his wife Amanda—they're visiting us here, and it's been wonderful just, just to see all of you. Uh, and as you also open your Bible, a quick reminder: young adults from our church in two weeks from now, we're gonna have a retreat that you need to be a part of. It is called Spirit Come. It'll be at Riverview Camp uh, Campgrounds. You can register online. You have all the information in your bulletin. But it's, it's going to be in two weeks from now, June 15 to 17, and. We can't wait to have you with us. There are a lot of like of our young adults that are coming. And it's going to be a wonderful time. Did you did you find the, the the passage Ephesians chapter one? Are you there? Are you there? Yes, I see Pastor Nick is here. That's wonderful. Ephesians chapter one. If someone like beside you like is having like some trouble, just say mercy. The person in your last year writes, like, just help them out and it's going to be all fine. But Ephesians chapter 1, we're going to be reading from verse 15 to verse 23, okay? Ephesians chapter 1. Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere. I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly. Asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insights so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confidence hope he has given to those he calls, his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he's far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else. Not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ And has made him head over all things for the benefits of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ. Who fills all things everywhere with himself. Can you close your eyes? Dear God, this is your word. And we surrender to your word. As we all come here to worship you. As we all come here to praise you. You have the whole authority, the whole power, and you're here in this place. And we want to ask you, please, Holy Spirit of God, God in spirits, here with us. Speak to us this morning. Change our lives. And also bring captive all our thoughts, our minds, hearts, soul, spirits, all like bring captive to your presence right now. And we rebuke any actions against our lives so we cannot focus on you alone. We speak life and you are life. You are the way, you are the truth, and you are the life. And right now we want to ask you, please protect us here. This is your kingdom, this is your realm. You are here, God. And you alone have the whole authority. And may your words come to our hearts and change our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Can you say amen? Amen. Can you please be seated? I have one good news and one bad news to share with all of you this morning. It's a privilege that Pastor Nick has invited me. Thank you so much, Pastor. And as I was preparing for this message, like, actually, God confirms. I was thinking about a totally different message. And last Sunday, as our pastor, he was preaching here. I was upstairs. In the last row over there with Cam. It was me, Cam, over there. And as God was speaking through Pastor Nick's message... God, he confirmed what I was supposed to share with all of you here. And it wasn't an easy message. But it's a message that for sure he wants to pour out to our hearts. And I have a good news and a bad news to share with all of you. First of all, I want to start with the good news. The good news is that this passage that we have just read here right now, like this is one of the greatest passages that reveals the tremendous insights of who our God is. Who we are in him. And his reign over all the creation, how he wants to show us his wonderful, great plan. In the beginning, before like the verse 15, in the beginning of chapter 1, like we see that God, this amazing God that we serve, he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. It says in verse 1, he has loved us deeply and has made us holy without any fault in his eyes. He has adopted us as his children. We are the children of God. And this is how he calls us. And he has forgiven us, taken away all the sins of our lives. And I I don't know about you, but this is like great, great news. Because it tells us like who our God is and how he has showered us with all these amazing blessings. And how we are saved by him. And this is the good news that I want to share with you. But also in the same message, in the same passage that we have read we see that there is another bad news that we we cannot deny. And this bad news is that at the same time that there is God, that He is the sovereign one, the King of all kings, the Lord of lords, at the same time that we see this God that He loves us and He has blessed us so much, there is also an opposition to our God who seeks primarily to fight against the fulfillment of God's plan against my life and your life, who is working day and night, to destroy our lives from being blessed by God. From being adopted as his children. From actually being loved by him and having his holiness in our lives. From being forgiven by our God and taking away the sins of our lives. And this one that I'm talking about, it is the one that we don't like to talk about. The devil. Like it says in Ephesians 2, 2 the commander of the powers in the unseen world. And because of the devil, because of the demons and all their schemes, there is a constant spiritual warfare in the lives that we live in every single day. In the world that we're living in, there's a constant spiritual warfare. And this is what I would like to talk to you about, like, for a few minutes. Spiritual warfare. First of all, like, uh, many of us, we have heard about this about these words before, we have heard about spiritual warfare, about spiritual battle, but what is that all about? If you go to the Bible, my Bible, and your Bible, the Old Testament, the New Testament, you will never see this thing here spiritual warfare. You will never see like these words appearing, this phrase appearing in the Bible, in the whole Bible. But actually, it is a concept that is present from Old Testament, from Genesis to Revelation. It is a a concept that is over there that throughout the whole books, you see that there is, at the same time that there is this kingdom of God and His wonderful plans to us, there is one that is trying to oppose our God. There is one that is trying just to go against God's will. And that's when we have this clash, this battle, this warfare, this spiritual warfare. The spiritual warfare re- represents our, our worldly struggles in, the living, in living the fullness of God's plans to our lives, but also the sinful acts of our own lives, the sinful acts that we see in the world. It is the clash of the kingdom of God with His love, with His peace, with His justice, with all the good things about God, and also the kingdom of darkness, trying to go against all His love, His peace, and it comes with hatred, with evil, and with all the problems that we face in our society. This is spiritual warfare. There's a book called Understanding Spiritual Warfare. And one of the authors, Gregory Boyd, he has put out this way that I would like just to present to all of you. He says, while it's certain that God will eventually triumph over his cosmic and earthly foes, much of what comes to pass in history does not reflect God's benevolent will, but rather reflects the wills of agents working across purposes with God. And this is the theological understanding that we got to have. Like, Throughout the Bible, since the beginning, we see that this is what is happening. There's the demon, Satan, and all his demons. Like They have rebels. Creation by God. Like They were created by God. And all these angels created by God, they have rebelled against God. And they have gone against God's will. And then in the beginning, in Genesis, we see the temptation of the devil to the humanity. Starting with Adam and Eve. And throughout the whole Bible, we see this multitude of plans and actions to kill, steal, and destroy. As it says in John chapter 10, verse 10. God's highest, highest creation. You and me. And that's why we have the spiritual warfare. And I know it's not pleasant, like what I'm saying here to you right now. Like I know that perhaps you're saying, "Oh, I come here, I'm just like hoping that I would come for a communion. And now I come to church and we're talking about spiritual warfare. And I know it's not like always the best like hearing about this, but we need to hear about this. Why? Because here now we have like three choices. Three choices from now on in this service that we have. The first choice is we can simply deny. We can simply say like, you know what, like no, spiritual warfare, no, I don't believe it exists. And with that, like we can just like simply like think that we live in like a fairy tale. We live in a perfect world that nothing wrong happens in this world. But then the question is, how can we reconcile this with the reality of the world that we're living in? How can we reconcile this with, like, saying that here in our country, in our city, two kilometers from my house, a massive attack with a van killed, like, in Young shepherd. how many lives over there? How can we reconcile seeing Mississauga, like, the bombing in a restaurant, in an Indian restaurant? How can we reconcile seeing all the sex trafficking in the world with all the drugs, with all the violence, with all the lies that we see in our society? Can we simply deny? I don't think so. The second, we can ignore. You can say, like, you know what, like, spiritual warfare is for Pastor Nick, for Pastor Lisa, for all the other pastors. No, they deal with this. Like, but for me, no. I'll just like pretend that everything is good so I can either ignore, hide, or run away. But again, like, God he has called not simply us, He has called all of us to make the difference in the world. He has called you and me to be salt and light here in this world. And he also wants to empower our lives so we can change the world. And here comes the third option that is available for you and me. And I hope this is your option this morning. We can engage. We can understand that there is a spiritual warfare. There is something going on. But God, He doesn't want me simply just to understand this, but He also wants to equip me. He wants to empower me. He wants to change me, and together, unity as a body of Christ, He can use our lives to change the world that we're living in. Clinton Arnold, in his book *The Three Crucial Questions About Spiritual Warfare*, he says, "Spiritual warfare is an integral part of the entire Christian experience. It's a fact of life to think that a Christian." Could avoid spiritual warfare. is like imagining that a gardener could avoid dealing with weeds. It's impossible. It's not, it's not possible at all. But see, like, this is bad news. But we got to also be careful here. It is not as bad as we need to imagine or portray as well. You know why? Because although there's this one that he's trying to go against God's will, the kingdom of darkness, and all his, the demons and all their, their forces and everything that they go against our lives against the kingdom of God, although they try to do all of this, let me tell you something. They try to make opposition against God, but they are not opposition against God. What I'm saying with this with you, like evil is not the same as good. Evil is not equal to good. No, our God, he's the sovereign one. Our God, he's the one that he reigns all all over the whole universe. And although they try to oppose God, they're not the same as God. It is quite the opposite, like they, even themselves, they need God, even for their own existence, they they need God. They cannot exist without even like God's permission to their lives. So why I'm saying this with you because although there is a spiritual warfare, we know who is the victorious one. We know that there is one site that is already the victorious one. And we have, the, we have the choice. We have this wonderful option that is available for you and me. This wonderful grace that we can be the site of the kingdom of the victorious one. It is the kingdom of our God. It is interesting, Second Chronicles 26, it says, Lord, the God of our ancestors, are you not the God who is in heaven? And then he answers, you rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hands, and no one can withstand you. And this is the God that we serve. That's why we're not supposed to be afraid at all about talking about this. Why? Because we know that if our God is for us, who can be against you and me? No, no one is able to. But it's interesting, before we just like keep going on this, we need to understand who is the real enemy? Who is the real enemy? In the whole Bible, we see like Old Testament, New Testament, that's actually there are three evil forces that they try to oppose God and his will to our lives. Try to go against God's mission. And these three forces like you see throughout the whole Bible. But the best passage that reflects these three enemies in just one passage, and it is the only one that you're going to see in the whole Bible, it is Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 to verse 3. One chapter after what we have just read, it says over there that as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also used to live, uh, all of us also lived among them at, at one time redefining the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. And here we see like these three forces. It is really simple. The world, first of all, and the world with all the socioeconomic, the socio-cultural forces to spread and maintain actually a sinful temptation, activities into society and nations. All the culture that we see out there in the world that... No, it's okay for you to lie. It's okay for you just to go and, 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 and harm others. If someone is harming you, it's okay for you to harm, to protect yourselves. And all this culture that we see, all the patterns of the world, the ways of the world in itself, about money, sex, and power. And how it focuses, like, always about that. Like, this is, this is the one of the enemies. But the second also, it is the devil. It says here, the ruler of the kingdom of the air. The ruler of the kingdom of this world, the devil, and how he tries to oppose God. But the third one that you and me we need to understand that is also very important that is our own flesh, my flesh, Lucas' flesh, your flesh. That because of the original sin, because of sin coming to the world with Adam and Eve, like you and me, we have inherited this sinful nature. Where sometimes, like, we want to go against God's will, and that's, and this is one of the enemies. And why this is so, so important? Because we got to have, like, a balanced perspective of such evil influences. So we can also, also, like, see the devil behind every single bush. Have you ever seen, like, people that devil is behind every single bush? Once we understand that these three forces here, then we, we, we know that, okay, yeah, like there are like these three equal forces that they're trying just to go against, like God's will in my life. And then God understands, like, how God you want to empower me, how God you want to change me. That's why in Ephesians 6, verse 12, it says, For we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Yes, that's true. We are at war. We need to be aware of it. And we need to know how to engage with a solid biblical perspective. Christian maturity. But not simply that. Also spiritual empowerment. And that's why we were reading before this passage in Ephesians chapter 1 from verse 15 on. Just go with me in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 15 to 17. It says, ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus, and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus, to give you spiritual wisdom. To give you spiritual wisdom. And this is what God He wants to Pour out in our lives here this morning. If you want to go out with two words from this sermon that I'm giving to you right now. These two words, they are spiritual wisdom. Can you repeat with me? Spiritual wisdom. Come on, after me. Spiritual wisdom. Who wants to be spiritual wise here? Come on, I see some hands like now raising. Who doesn't want to be spiritual wise? Raise your hand. Who doesn't want you at all? So now my question is, who wants to be spiritual wise? Raise your hand. And this is what God He wants to give you and me here this morning. you got to know that there is a battle. There is something going on. But there is a wisdom that is not any type of wisdom. It is not simply a human wisdom. What is talking here? It is a wisdom that is spiritual. It is a wisdom that comes from whom? From the Holy Spirit of God. And let me tell you something. Why this is so important? Because Pastor Nick was preaching here to us last week. Since the Pentecost. Since Acts 2. That the the, the Holy Spirit has been poured out to our lives. It is available to you and me, the Holy Spirit of God. And as a matter of fact, he lives inside of us. He dwells inside of us. Why? Because we are the temple of the Holy Spirit of God. And if the Holy Spirit of God dwells inside of you, he wants to give you wisdom. Not any type of wisdom, but his wisdom so you can understand what is going on in your life. And you can also take part on that. You can, you, take, you can take action. You can say, God, I want to do your will in my life. And it doesn't matter the struggles that I'm facing. It doesn't matter that the kingdom of darkness is trying just to go against my life. Killing and stealing destroy my life. I know that you are for me. And with your wisdom, I'm going to be able just to go beyond all these obstacles in my life. That's why he wants to give us his spiritual wisdom. Spiritual wisdom of our God. But it's the spiritual wisdom in three ways. And this is what it says here in this passage. It is the spiritual wisdom in the knowledge of our God. Come on, repeat with me, knowledge. Spiritual wisdom in the knowledge of God. In Ephesians chapter 1, verses 17 says... Ask God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. So that you might grow in your knowledge of God. But see, like this is so important, you know why? Because knowledge, it is about knowing something. And we got to understand that the knowledge that God He wants to pour out in our lives, it is the knowledge to understand, first of all, who God is. And second of all, who we are in our God. The first thing is who God is, God's character. And we see like in the Bible many, many times, like what is God's character? He's the creator of the whole universe. Genesis 1, verse 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And this God, he's the one that he oversees the whole world. He is the sovereign one. Psalm 103, 19 says, the Lord has established in throne his heaven and his kingdom rule over all. This is our God. This is who our God is. But also the knowledge of our God doesn't end over there. Why? Because God, he has created you and me in his likeness, in his image. And we need to understand our identity in Christ. We need to understand who we are in God. And that's why we understand that we are God's children. 1 John 3 1 says, See how much our Father has loved us, for he calls us his children. And that's what we are. We are children of God. We are loved by God. We are chosen by God to be holy by him. We are adopted in his family. We, are, we don't have like sins with us that we keep our sins. No, but when we come to our God and we confess our sins, he's able to forgive our sins. And he doesn't call us sinners anymore. He calls us children. Why this is so relevant to us? Because every single day comes to our minds like an identity that is not the identity of Christ in our lives. That is not the identity that he formed you and me. Every single day comes to our minds like questions like, I don't have what it takes. I'm not enough. I'm weak. I'm not strong. Oh, yeah, you know what? Like, I'm a sinner. I keep sinning on the same thing over and over again. And many, many times, like, because we have all these thoughts and because, again, the three enemies, devil, worlds, and our own flesh, trying to go against God to win our lives, sometimes we believe in these things. When actually, when we understand, God, if I confess with my mouth that you are my Lord, and I confess my sins to you, you are able to forgive me. Does he call me sinner anymore? No, he doesn't call me. He he calls me his children. I am his child. I am the child of God. And this is so relevant because once, once you understand this, then you won't believe like anymore in these lies. You won't believe that God, he is not for you. It's quite the opposite. God, he is for you. And if He is for you, who can be against you? This is who our God is. And if our God is love, then we are not haters. We are lovers. We don't keep hating on each other. We don't keep like arguing with each other without like coming and compromising and dealing with each other. No, we got to spread out love. Why? Because our God is love. If our God is the head of the church, do we keep on having division in our midst? No, we don't keep on having division. We keep having unity we got to work together. got to understand, Pastor Nick, you are different than me, but I need to work with you. I need to learn with you. And that's the beauty of the body of Christ. It is different members working together for the same purpose. Amen. And when, once we understand this, devil, he devil tries to go and bring division to us, but he won't prevail. Why? Because God he is for us, and God is our heads. And as Jesus Christ is the head of the church, we are united for him alone. This is so important because we understand who we are in our God. Who, um, how amazing is this God? But my question is, are you growing in your knowledge of God? Are you growing in your knowledge of God? Are you growing every single day in your knowledge of who this God is and how he wants to pour out all these amazing things in your life? Let me tell you something. There is no standing still in God's presence. Either you're moving forward or you're, you're moving backward. And God, He wants to use your life. God, He wants to pour out His Spirit in your life. He wants to bring His knowledge in your life so you can understand your identity in Him. And also you can change your life. And it's really simple. If you're not growing in God, it's just simply like saying, God, I need to confess on you. This is like my limitation. That's why it says in First John verse, chapter 1 verse 9 it says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purifies us from all unrighteousness. So we got to come and we got to be honest. God, I am your child. I am your child, but I need you. Because I have not been like living the fullness of how you have called me to be your likeness and your image. And he's able to forgive us. That's why the spiritual wisdom of God is pouring out in our lives within his knowledge. Spiritual wisdom in the knowledge of God. But it doesn't stop there. The spiritual wisdom of God is also a spiritual wisdom in the power of God. On verse 19 it says, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. Power of God. The original words in Greek is dunamis. Dunamis. And this word dunamis occurs 118 times in the New Testament. Always mentioning about the power, might, strength of our God. God, His force to our lives. And why this is so important? Because Jesus Christ, he told us, wait here in Jerusalem for all his disciples. Wait here in Jerusalem. And as my father has promised, he will deliver the Holy Spirit and you will receive power. And now all like in our lives, when we have the, The Holy Spirit is living inside of us. We have also his power in our lives. And we got to live in his power. We got to live every single day knowing, God, I know about your power in me. And I will live for that. I will live like I will go out there in the world. And I will be salt and light. Why? Because I have your power inside of me. God, you have called me just to go to my company. And can I make the difference in my company? Yes. You got to make the difference in your company. Not because of the position that you have, not because of the title that you have, but no, because you are a son and you are a daughter of God, and you have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of you, and with that, you have his power to change the environment that you're in. And with that, we understand it's not about about me, God. It's not about my strengths, but it's about you inside of me, and you're going to use me to make the difference in the world. If I have the lights, I want to shine your lights to this world. You have the power of God to change your households. You have the power of God to change your family. You have the power of God with you. And the last one that I want to share with you, the spiritual wisdom of God, it is also the spiritual wisdom in the authority of God. In the authority of God, verse 22 says, "God has put all things under the authority of Christ, and has made Him heads over all things for the benefits of the church." Who is the church? We are the church of God. And Jesus Christ over there with his disciples, Matthew 28, he said, I'm going to go back to my father right now. But all the authority has given to me, and now I give this authority to you. Go, make disciples. Go, spread my word. Go, change this world. Why? Because all the authority that I have, I'm giving you. And there's a difference between authority and power. Authority and power, they're not the same. Authority is God-given rights given to you and me to receive and use God's power. Authority is God-given rights given to my life, to your life, to receive and use God's power. Why I'm saying this to you? Because authority is not about feelings. It's not about emotions. It's not like one day, oh, I feel like I have authority today, but the other day, like, I don't feel like. No, it's not about that. Authority is your position in Jesus Christ. And he has told you, like, I have given this authority to you. I have all the authority, and I'm giving also this authority with you. And you've got to use this authority. Why this is this so important? Because let me tell you to your church, parents, that you're all here this morning. God has given you authority over your family, over your entire family. Not for you just to go and rule over them, but more than that, so you can love them. So you can change their lives, so you can pray for them. But God has given you authority. And you got to understand that it doesn't matter like if my son, if my daughter, they're not coming to church. And they're like going to like some very wrong ways. God has given me an authority in my life. And I'll pray for that. And I know because of this authority, the authority out there in the world is not higher than mine. It's not higher than the one that God has given to me. And I'll pray for them. And now we'll see God's promises being fulfilled in my family. God has given you your authority. Fathers, all the men here in this house, let me tell you something. God has given you authority. God has given you the authority to be the priest of your house, of your household. And you've got to act upon that. It's not simply just to go and say, okay, wife, bring me my supper. Or just like go sit down on the couch. And No, God has given you the authority to be an example To be the ones that you know, God, you want to use my life. And I want to see your kingdom coming here to my family. And you got to pray for your family. you got to pray for the circumstances of your family. And through your prayer, God, he listens. And he will change circumstances. This is the authority that God gives us. Elders of our church. God has given you authority to dream dreams and share it among generations. To dream all of that and share it. This is the prophecy of the prophet Joel. And we got to live for that. And also all the young people, as we see, like the prophecy, God has given you authority also to prophesy, to see new visions, and to accomplish them. This is the authority that God has given to you and me. Spiritual wisdom in the knowledge of our God, in the power of our God, in the authority of our God, that is available to you and me. And God, he doesn't want us to live this place place in the same way that we have come here. Can I ask a favor? Can you please just stand where you are right now? Just stand where you are right now. I know that the Holy Spirit of God is speaking to some of you here this morning. And I know that perhaps like hearing all of that about the spiritual wisdom of God, his knowledge, his power, his authority to your life, sometimes like you're feeling weak. Sometimes like you're feeling that you don't have what it takes. But God, he wants to change. He wants to totally change your perspective here this morning. And he wants to have you like living here, this place, like in a different atmosphere. Knowing that throughout this week, he will be with you. And he wants to empower you. He wants to equip you. This is not your ending. If you're going through a valley, if you're going through a desert right now, if you're going through a valley... This is not your ending. God, he wants to give you his spiritual wisdom because of this is simply the process. You're going to go through it and you will see the end and you will be used by God in tremendous ways. But you've got to say, here I am God. I want more of you. Can you close your eyes for a second? We're going to have communion in a second. Or we're going to be sharing all of this because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and the cross for us. But before we go and we share all of this together, can you between you and God right now say, God, you know the struggles that I'm facing. I'm facing like real struggles. That sometimes like I'm not sharing these with others, but you're speaking with me right now. And as you are right now, like talking to God, say, God, I want you to be spiritual wise in you. I want you to receive. As you want to give me your spiritual wisdom, I want to receive your wisdom with the knowledge of you, with your power, and with your authority. Now, like between you and God, and all of us here as God's witnesses, if this is your case, I want to pray for you. I don't want to ask you, just as, a, as a, a gesture of just giving yourself to God, of just saying, God, here it is my heart. Just like put your two hands together. If this is your case, put your two hands together on your chest. I want to ask you to come here for it right now, but put your two hands together on your chest right now. If this is your case. If you need spiritual wisdom from God. If you're going like through some struggles in your life and you depend on God alone. I see many hands. Hallelujah, God. Praise God. Praise God. You're seeing each one of them, God. Come on, like just do that right now. And as you do it, like, just say to God, speak to him and say, God, here I am. Here I am, God. Give me your wisdom. Here I am, God. Give me your wisdom. Holy Spirit of God, you're here in this place and you're speaking to us. And this is your realm. This is your kingdom. You're here. You're speaking to us. There's no authority ag- of the enemy against our lives in your presence, God. And here we are. We are in your presence. We are the temple of your Holy Spirit, God. And now we want to ask you, please, give us your spiritual wisdom. Come to our lives right now, God. Give us your spiritual wisdom. Come to our hearts here right now, God. We want to ask you, Holy Spirit of God, move here in our midst right now, God, and, and equip us, empower us. Give us your spiritual wisdom, God. Come to our lives that it doesn't matter the spiritual warfare, it doesn't matter the battles that we're going to go through, that we're going through in our lives. You are more than everything, and you are enough, God. And you are for us. And as you are here in our midst, God, we rebuke all the actions of the enemy against our lives, God. We say that the enemy has no control, no power over our lives, God, but you have the power, you have the authority you have the power, you have the authority because we are your likeness in your image we are your children God and we want to follow you alone in our lives, so please bless us, God, come with your spiritual wisdom and change our lives and may we live from this day on now taking communion and going throughout this whole week God, may we live every single day with your authority with your power, with your knowledge with your spiritual wisdom in our lives God Thank you so much for what we have done. And we are so excited for all the surprising ways in your wonderful will that is always good, amen. pleasing, and perfect for our future as well. In Jesus' name we pray to you. Can you say amen? amen. Come on, can you say amen? amen. Pastor Nick? Amen. <laughs> amen, Pastor Lucas. Yes. We thank God for spiritual victory as we trust in him, lean on him, trust in him, draw spiritual, spiritual strength from him. Amen.